leaders must decide with speed and precision when there's a crisis. And that is where a leader's decision-making skills and agility is tested how to navigate their teams or the business through whatever crisis that is going through. Hi, I'm Murtaz Versi, and this is Engage, Relate, Perform, the show that helps leaders and organizations drive long-term results by fostering relationships and enhancing engagement. If you're looking to seriously improve your team's performance while impacting lives and succeeding at driving long-term results, then this is the show for you. It doesn't matter that you already have that dream title or simply curious about how far you can challenge yourself. I'll be giving you practical tips, relevant commentary, and valuable insights about how you can engage and utilize relationships with talent, community, and other stakeholders around you to achieve the best results and help them stick long-term. Get all the latest information at mutazaversi.com forward slash pod. Once again, it's M-U-R-T-A-Z-A-V-E-R-S-I dot com forward slash pod. Fred Mita is a result-driven corporate strategist who possesses a unique crossover profile. Having operated the C-level suite in various industries such as FMCG, mining, healthcare, banking, and ICT, and with over two decades of hands-on experience, having worked with large multinationals such as Vodacom, Coca-Cola, Citibank, Diageo, Placidome, and now Barry Gold, and the Arkan Health Services, Tanzania. During the past years, he has been at the heart of the digital transformation wave that is reshaping the digital consumer behaviors, both internal and external customers, especially in the African and sub-Saharan markets. Fueled by the passion of instigating social enterprise, change that will positively impact the current and the future generation. We believe such progress relies on the ability of leaders to build innovative environments that leverage diversity and fully embrace the high-performing heterogeneous teams format, which is appropriate given that today he is here to discuss leadership in the challenging times. Perhaps you have to oversee the digital transformation of your company, see them through the COVID or even through the December-January period, which can have its effects on professional and personal lives. All this requires confident decision-making, something a lot of leaders struggle with. Really quickly, I want to give you an amazing opportunity to download my very free, very useful, very much for you, ebook titled Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture. It is a 90-day effective guide to get you inspired for your leadership journey daily. These are practical tips you can follow every day to guarantee you give and you get the best out of the existing relationships for long-term results. As I say, it takes 90 days to create a lifestyle. That's what culture means, a way of life. So if you want to do the work, but still enjoy the journey and above all, look forward to it day by day, then go to mutazaversi.com forward slash pod and download your copy of Engage, Relate, Perform. 90 days to conscious leadership and sustainable performance. Leaders and leaders, welcome Fred Mita to Engage, Relate and Perform. And Fred, Karibu on the podcast. Thank you very much, Mutaza. I'm pleased and I'm humbled to be on this podcast. And thank you very much for offering me this opportunity to share my experience and really hands-on experience what I do day-to-day and related to other leaders uh, in the business world. I really appreciate 
really don't take it for granted. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that's what we talk, we like about leaders who don't take anything for granted. So jumping straight into it, uh, I want to pose a Swahili, uh, Swali like Kizushi, in, as we say in Swahili. <laughs> <laughs> is there a set of definition for what a crisis is and what it isn't? Well, that's a tricky one, um, Taz, and you know, I think from a leadership perspective, it all depends on what angle you look it at from and what other leaders look it from. It's quite very wide and wide. It's big. The perspective of a crisis depends at what level more the business is at that point in time. You know, some things may be big, some things may be very small, some things may be insignificant even to realize there's a crisis. So the magnitude of the issue will more depend on its uh, definition of what a crisis is. And it also differs from business to business. What may be a crisis to your organization now may not be a crisis to organization X and Y and W and the rest. So it's it, it's not a one cut all Caesar that cuts all the sheets of blankets into fitting the same. No, it's very different. But there is a commonality. There's a universality of except of what a crisis is that is universal that cuts across all businesses. I like that cutting the blanket that fits all, and there's really no definition. I love that. So it's it's a global perspective, or it can be a company to company perspective of what crisis means, right? And it really then brings in uh, a situation where things needs to be solved, I guess. Uh, that's what we really discuss or understand by the word crisis. Of course, yes. And so when we look at it in the leadership perspective, what are the some challenges and what is the best way to manage them when we have situation, a crisis situation? What's the best way for leaders to solve this? Well, just as I said uh, at the beginning of the intro, you know, leaders have quite a very big daunting task of steering their teams to navigate through whatever they may call a crisis. Some company may be going through people attrition, that is their crisis. Another company may be going through fraudulent issues, that's their crisis. You know, other companies may be going through shareholder proposition values, that's their crisis. So every company has its own crisis. But one common understanding from a universal perspective Leaders must demonstrate some key behaviors or some key attributes to see their organizations or enterprises or businesses through turbulent times. And in many cases, they are momentous. Uh, they leave a landmark and they are not permanent. They, it's a wave that comes and goes. And this really affects how they run their businesses. And one of the key attributes, and maybe as we continue with the discussion, I'll give more elaborations and to share more clarity. In my opinion, and from where I see it, if I may share my own personal experience of play these two, leaders must decide with speed and precision when there's a crisis. And that is where a leader's decision-making skills and agility is tested how to navigate their teams or the business through whatever crisis that's going through. Then they must also adapt boldly. You know, you don't sit back and cry like a father and mother in the house. The kids don't have food and you're all crying together. You know, somebody has to offer a solution. So they must adapt boldly to the circumstance of the time and find solutions to that crisis. And then they must reliably deliver because, you know, shareholders don't care whether it's a crisis or not. They need value for their investment. And leaders, despite of 
whatever the business is going through, they must really reinvent themselves very quickly like a butterfly from being a, a little monk, being a very beautiful butterfly and reliably deliver shareholder value. Leaders can never ignore that phenomenal aspect that the shareholders have really bestowed upon them. Then the fourth and very key thing that many leaders forget in a crisis, and where I'm sitting from a HR perspective, leaders will always say people are our greatest asset. But to me, it's more of a fallacy, it's more of a saying, how many leaders indeed, in actual sense, practice this? In its entirety, it's very phenomenal that leaders must engage for impact. Because if they don't engage their teams for impact, then it will be very, very difficult to navigate through any formidable crisis, be it financial, be it shareholder value proposition, whatever it is, like in the current COVID situation, which is a global phenomenon that is really touching every heart of every business globally. So that is my perspective. It's brilliant. I don't know if it makes sense, but I believe if you dissect it further, it makes quite a lot of sense. Yes, it is. And uh, and so let's look at the four areas that you've touched. And it's very uh, interesting that you bring these four areas. Uh, first one is about decision making, which is a speed. Uh, well, when there's a crisis, we have to make decisions that are uh, fast. Uh, they should be have some speed in it and be able to be agile in that decision making. Uh, the second point that you put very clearly is to be able to adapt to that situation and boldly circumnavigate and take that crisis in your hand. And of course, the third is shareholder value. And the investment is about leaders need to reinvent themselves very quickly, just like a butterfly. And finally, it's not a myth to say people are your assets. It's actually important to take that seriously and engage with your workforce so that we can move fast together. Let me come to the first point about decision-making. What will constitute in decision-making? What are the things that people need to consider? Because that's, I think that is the part where uh, we all have a challenge in decision-making sometimes as leaders. What other recipe to make decisions or formula in that matter? Well, once again, I will go to my other remarks. There's no definitive formula. And, you know, mm-hmm. leaders come in different styles and fashions. Some leaders are introverts, some leaders are consultative, some leaders are extroverts. Some people are very involving, some leaders are very transformational, some leaders are very adaptive and very situational. So it all depends on a mix of how leaders want to really steer their enterprise out of a crisis and at what stage the crisis is and the size and immensity of the organizational business also matters quite a lot. But one commonality is leaders grow companies and leaders are more focused towards innovation, driving revenue and gaining market share. And that's what really keeps leaders awake all the time. And as you may see currently, like in the COVID situation to come to one of the common uh, crises or pandemic that is hitting every business, there are issues with supply chain delays. You know, we have unforeseen roadblocks ahead of the the game. You know, they have to control costs at the end of the day and deliver shareholder value propositions. So maintaining liquidity is an issue. You know, also ensuring that talent is really engineered and going through the crisis is an issue. So a leader has to be extremely, very, very agile and ensure that the decisions that they make are extremely very quick 
and translate into ensuring that everybody else ties to the knot that drives the business. For example, people working remotely, you cannot expect people working remotely to be productive if you don't enable them. So if a leader takes two, three, four months to make decisions on enabling rework workforce in the sense of maybe capacitating them with their laptops or capacitating them with data and you want them to deliver a decision will take two, three, four weeks and you still want productivity, then they are failing. So the whole instance of agility in taking decisions during a crisis is extremely very, very, very important, Mutaza, in my opinion. And from what I see it as a HR practitioner, a very seasoned HR practitioner of many, many years, agility in bosses is extremely important to steer any organization out of a crisis. You cannot just sit back and take decisions that it will take in an hour or two hours and take them in a week or in a month. Then, in my opinion, then you are a poor leader. Great. So, you know, you put in the, the question of uh, making a decision very fast. So we have the fast part sort of that, you know, you've got to make it very quick. The decision has to be very quick. But as leaders, what would you uh, have to fall back on to be able to make those decisions? Could it be insightful that you have to be able to know what you're doing to be able to make those decisions? Uh, sometimes it could be based on logical uh, approach or thought. Uh, but what about in the terms of being ethical? What's your perspective on making decisions based on ethical perspective? Uh, is you have to look at the, the agility part of it and also look at the speed of the, the decision in the sense that in this case, precision must adapt and adaptability must be very bold mm. to deliver on any agenda and engage for impact. And the tactics that should be involved in this case is what are the business priorities as a leader? Have you defined your priorities? What is it that you really navigating your business through during a crisis? What is your number one priority? Is it financial? Is it market share? Is it people? Once you define your priorities, go into this early in a crisis, define the stop gaps, put in the yes, the do's and don'ts to the business and really stamp your foot down for people to follow this. And then take smart trade-offs because not everything is going to be a priority. Something's going to be an age over others. So what are the trade-offs that a business and you as a leader is willing to trade off in taking your decision because what is important now during a crisis may not be important after the crisis. So you have to run your priorities. Then in your team, who are the decision makers that you're working with? Who are the people that are going to help you navigate through this crisis? You have to define these decision makers that you're going to work with in the central command, if I may call it the war room, because this is a war room. You are the forefront of a fight. Who are the commanders that you're going to work with? Empower the frontliners to also take decisions where possible and feedback onto you. But if your leader wants to embrace everything to yourself, ethical integrity issues will come in, will point fingers at you and say, after all, the leader made the decision by him or herself, and we are watching, and people will leave it onto you. Then another important aspect is embrace the action. Don't punish mistakes. 
Most leaders in a crisis tend to look at loopholes and mistakes. People will make missteps, big missteps will happen. Be ready for this and be ready to guidance through this. Otherwise, it can backfire back and the crisis becomes haywire and the war turns out to be very large scale that cannot be contained. So that's my perspective. Brilliant. And, and, and to summarize that, it's, it's put down the list of the yes, the do's and the don'ts. Go into, uh, go into your bunker with your team of decision makers. Make those decisions. Allow them to make decisions. Empower them to make decisions. They will make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes in such situations because you need to make decisions. It's better than not making any decisions. And then we learn from those decisions, those mistakes, and become better in leaders. Because when we come out from that war, we can sit together, laugh, have fun, and enjoy what we have learned from that prospect. And I love this approach of decision-making. But again, it's about using it and having a framework before going to the crisis, I guess, uh, having a framework of saying, yes, we need to have decisions that are, number one, ethical, because they will be we will make mistakes. But if you base it to our values and what our values preach us, then you could you could explain your decision as to why your decision was made. And then if it was wrong, it is fine because then we'll learn from it. You're very correct. That summary is fantastic. So looking at the next part that I would like to um, discuss with you, shareholders, uh, value for shareholders. Let's discuss a little bit about how uh, decision-making uh, impacts shareholders and who are these shareholders? What should we define as shareholders? Because many a times we tend to look at shareholders are those who put their uh, investments into the business. But is it only shareholders that we need to look at in order to have impactful business? Or should we look at the entire stakeholders that include the workforce, include the community, the customers, uh, and also the investors, the shareholders. What is your perception about decision-making for the entire stakeholders rather than just shareholders? Uh, thank you, Mutaza. That is also quite very critical, and that brings me to my second point, uh, my, allow me to tie to that. You see, stakeholders are many. And from what I see from as a guru, allow me to use our word, your employees or your staff are your first and principal stakeholders because they'll make or break the business in a crisis. And of course, shareholders are critical as well because they pumped in their money into the business and they want their return on investment. Really, despite the pandemic or despite the crisis, shareholders have invested and they want a return on their investment. So they are actually very critical as well. Then you also look at the, a bigger myriad of uh, other stakeholders, you have to look at your, your biggest value. Prop Who are your influencers that influence whatever you're doing as a business? What are their sentiments with your customers? Are you able to maintain the same customer experience that you're giving to them before the pandemic? Exactly. Are you looking at your suppliers in the same length of eye that you're looking to before the pandemic? How is your relationship with all the stakeholders as a business. That is what I'll call adaptability. That's bold adaptability to navigate through the changes because it 
doesn't matter how long this will take to go away. So information from a diverse source will make a leader thrive through this kind of a crisis. And it's not like uh, yesterday's playbook will work well in today. These are two different dynamics. And that is now where we really look at, do businesses have very high-level transition plans in terms of business continuity plans? Do you invoke them to swallow some of these issues that emerge during a crisis? And as you take decisions, that's where the integrity of the business is looked into. How are your norms of doing business? How is your board supportive in you in terms of doing business? Are your stakeholders and your shareholders understandably really standing up with you during this crisis? You know, it's a mile of so many things. Is your technology agile enough to sustain the business through this crisis? So as a leader, you will have to get quite a big consortium of solutions that are very innovative and in terms of best practices to ensure that you really take charge and take care of all your stakeholders and give them very great stakeholder value proposition. That is what I'll comment on. Brilliant. I love the word uh, adaptability, adaptable boldly, because that's really about navigating through your through all the challenges and putting all the stakeholders first in place and understanding the stakeholders needs at that particular situation in crisis and how you support that uh, individual or particular stakeholder in those crises that will then finally impact the shareholders and how are shareholders really supporting you uh, as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a leader, organizational leader with position to be able to build a sustainable business. Now let's turn a little past the organization. Let's look at it in the family perspective, if we may. Will this still be the same if you are a father or you are a brother or you are a person who is leading a community? Would we look at the same way in decision-making in terms of uh, in crisis? What's your thought on that? Well, Mutaza, that's quite a very, very important question. And that may, may provoke me to also talk about mental health. You see, we are human beings. Yes. And there is no way we're going to delink our, our work, our day-to-day chores. There's no way we're going to delink the element of humanity from you and me and any other leader being a human being. You know, we have emotions. We go through a lot of stressful lives back at home, back at work, in traffic, name it. But now you have also to wear your human heart and really have that empathy in you as a human being. You know, you don't have to carry your work stresses back home or carry your home stresses back to work. Then that brings me to a very interesting science of cognitive value or the bigger science of emotional intelligence. How do you manage your emotions in these circumstances? You know, are you the leader who will come from work 
and push all the TVs onto your kids at home or to your relatives, uncles, mother, grandmother, or what? I would they will carry all the stresses for home to the office. As soon as you walk into the entrance, everybody's running away from you like you're smelling. Or are you a leader when you come in? People are embracing you. I really want to get some insights on how to face the day for that day. So there's no way we are going to delink the whole concept of emotional cognitive intelligence or the neuroscience in us from going through a pandemic. It's very, very important as leaders that they keep their mental health at that striking point. I don't want to call it a tipping point, but at a point where they can balance between work, family, and everything else through a crisis. But a crisis comes with a lot of stress, a lot of mental stress, and leaders must have that adaptability to go through this. And their teams, both at family level and both at organizational level. Brilliant. So we also talk about the supporting system. So when we talk about people being more of an asset and engaging with them, that's what we talk about engagement. And when we look at how we manage ourselves as leaders, um, first, you know, reinventing ourselves in crisis situation, but also not forgetting that we are just humans and managing the mental perspective through the emotions uh, that we can really understand how it impacts us and how we manage it because we want to ensure that whatever we want to impact is built through that relationship we can relate with that situation and people can relate with us and together we're building up a support system so that we are able to achieve impactful and get out of this crisis in such a way that we become a winner right exactly because it's it's, it's a win-win situation we all have to win the shareholders have to win I, as a leader, has to win. My people at work, who are the staff or the employees, have to win. My family has to win. It's a conjoined process that we all have to go through to emerge as winners, we call stronger than before. Yeah, and so it, when, when you look at this thought that we have, we normally talk about crisis coming in from positional leader uh, at the top. Uh, and how they manage investors, uh, in uh, the shareholders, and how they manage the workforce. But a crisis can be small crisis, or can be uh, identified as a crisis, even at the level of a manager or a director. And again, the same applies, because at that time now, your immediate manager or supervisor becomes your shareholder or takes the place of a shareholder. And how we manage it is the same way. In every level of the organization, we're talking about leaders managing in the same full process. That is, you know, this how fast can you make the decision and the agility and, and the ability to adapt and make those bold, uh, bold adaptability in a way that you can navigate through any situation, any problem. And also then, you know, uh, the business or the shareholder or the family, you know, uh, you need to reinvent yourself like a butterfly, right? And I love that reinventing yourself like a butterfly and, you know, be aware of people around you. They are people and they have their emotions and how you manage your emotions. Those are the four principles at every level that would mean then, Fred, that Leadership is not positional. It can be at any level. We need more leaders then. It's true. You are very, very correct. We need to build more leaders in organization 
to enable it become sustainable. And that's why when you uh, brought in the first point, which says crisis can be a situation between an organization and may not be affected with another organization uh, because of, I guess, or I want to believe that sometimes this type of crisis depends on how it's managed and how many leaders do they have in the organization who can really come up and you know navigate boldly into that challenge. So I guess that is where you'll find differences between companies and also between families of how they navigate through. Again, it's about developing leaders. Yeah, and if you may allow me to chip in there, Mutaza, look at it, if I may summarize it this way, look, it's more about reliably or reliability to deliver in the sense that best leaders will take personal ownership in a crisis, they will own it. Of course, there will be many challenges. There will be many factors that lie outside of their control, but they have to find solutions together with the leadership team and all the leaders in the business. And they must align their team to focus and establish new metrics to measure performance. And they must create a culture of accountability. It's all about accountability. We don't have to go into a, a crisis that every leader in the organization pointing fingers, oh, it is not my problem, it's Mustaza's problem, it is HR's problem, or it's the marketing department's problem, it's the CEO's problem, it's HR's problem. There must be a conjoined system or an ecosystem that operates and creates a culture of accountability across all functions in the business. Brilliantly said. Final point, let's develop a culture a culture of accountability. Let's develop more leaders, leaders who would be having speed in decision-making, not dilly-dallying and are agile in their decision-making. They adapt and navigate boldly into their situation. They value the investments and reinvent themselves, but also they look after people and make sure that they develop them and into leaders so that tomorrow they are able to come out of crisis as winners and without blaming each other for what had happened. Because with empowerment and empowering your people, decisions can go wrong, but it's not about pointing fingers. It's about learning from those decisions and moving forward. Fred, thank you so much for joining us into the Engage Relate Perform. It was a brilliant discussion. I want to thank you for being so passionate about leadership. And we have a couple of rituals that we need to follow before we come to a close. The first ritual, uh, my previous guest was uh, Ruth Shah Wigley. She is the founding director and principal consultant for ARS, I-U-R-A. It's a consultancy. And she had left a question for you. How do you measure success? Well, in my opinion, success is married in the sense that what may be success to you is not to me and the other. But what I look in terms of success to me as a leader from where I sit is, am I able to inspire people that I work with to continue working with me and put a lot of happiness in them to enjoy what they do on a day-to-day Basis. And when I see people grow under my wings, under my mentorship, under my guidance, under my enablement, and have them really engaged 
in what they do in an impactful way, to me, that is success. But when people don't grow, when people are busy complaining, people will always complain. I have this thing that I always say in HR, making people comfortably dissatisfied. You know, we are always not in our comfort zones. Sometimes I'll say no, but let me say no for a reason. I just don't have to say no because I have to dismiss you because I'm HR director. If I say yes, there is a reason why I say yes. So it's all about making people comfortably dissatisfied in the sense that there's always a reason for everything. And success is letting people under your wings grow and thrive for shareholder value proposition and keep on adding value to that experience that we bring to organizations. To me, that is success. Brilliant. So it's about inspiring to make an impact and avoiding keeping people in comfortable, dissatisfied. Yes. Did I say that right? Comfortable, dissatisfied? Comfortably dissatisfied, yeah. Now, the next thing that we have is for you to ask the next guest a question. So what's your question for our next guest? Okay, my next question for your next guest will be to give guidance on leaders generally. So if I rephrase the question is what changes the narratives of people are our assets so that we can really impact those lives that are below us rather than just uh, saying that people are our assets? Brilliant question. Excellent. Uh, With that, then let's uh, finally come to the uh, closing uh, statement. And this is the part where we give you 30 seconds to broadcast anything, your personal message to the whole world that is listening to you and your podcast. So you can say anything to them. And that's free to you. Okay. Thank you, Mutaza. I think what I can say to the whole world is moments of crisis reveal a great deal about the leaders below you. So once you are a leader, you have to define yourself and really look into this fire and put it under control. And you have a moment to catch your breath in the sense that think about the roles, rise above the occasion, struggle within the occasion, and really show people that indeed a post-crisis world is very, very important. And together, we can go through a crisis and go through a post-crisis world. Well, that was a strong statement. So that's all the time that we have today. Uh, To catch us up again next Thursday on Engage, Relate, Perform. Until then, Merci beaucoup. You've been listening to Engage, Relate, Perform, hosted by me, Mutraza Bersi. Make sure you've subscribed to this show so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to visit mutrazaversi.com forward slash pod to download all the resources, show notes, and all the freebies mentioned in this episode, including your copy of my highly effective ebook, Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture, plus extras, just for subscribe. Once again, go to mataziversi.com forward slash porn and get everything you need. And we'll be back next week for more Engage, Relate, Perform.